Welcome to the Restoring Our City podcast. My name is Jesswin. I'm joined with my co-host here, a man that needs no introduction, Mr. Jobin Verghese, and a man that might need some introduction, Mr. Bajoy Samuel. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Good, man. Happy Sunday. Happy, Happy Sunday. Sunday. Officially you... into the new year. Well, Yeah, first of Sunday of the new year. What have you guys been up to this Sunday? Jobin, we can start with you. I've been watching... Um... DeMar DeRozan's buzzer beater like over and over and over again I didn't get over it the first time and then he did it again I know back (laughs) to back I can't believe how many times I probably have half of the views that (laughs) that that video has already it's probably attributed to me so Uh, if you couldn't tell we're all from Chicago so the Bulls are doing good this year fingers crossed that they keep it going how about yourself enjoy what you've been up to this Sunday yeah I mean definitely the Bulls game yesterday was awesome and just uh everyone's excitement about about that is just crazy you know across the board and like reading like twitter posts from other you know lebron james and all these guys that are like posting about it so it's cool uh today man i mean it snowed which is really nice it's a nice little change but i was at my parents house and ended up just like moving the snow and kind of doing all of that but yeah pretty pretty chill sunday nice yeah it's also been the first snowfall of the year which is Weird that we didn't get any at the end of last year, but hey, Chicago, you got to expect it at some point. But speaking of Sundays, I think the topic we wanted to talk about this week is virtual church. So for those of you that don't know, this is season four of this podcast, uh, this Restoring Our City podcast, and we want the season to be about candid conversations on today's topics to connect to our community. And what better way to connect than talking about our virtual church environment so why do we want to talk about this well it seems like this is kind of becoming more and more normative Um, in fact a wall street journal article even said church attendance has been down 30 to 50 percent since the beginning of this pandemic now um, i don't know what your personal experiences have been in this virtual church environment but um if you want to bejoy or jobin go ahead and take it away you know what has your experiences been with virtual church since the beginning of the pandemic? And then how about now? Yeah, I think um, it's so interesting with the timing of virtual church too, because like when this pandemic started, we just became parents, you know, uh, my son Isaac was born, you know, tail end of 2019. And so by the time he was like old enough and we started to get our schedule together, boom, COVID hit. And so then we couldn't just go to church. We couldn't go before because, you know, Isaac was really young. We were trying to figure things out. And then COVID happened. And then we were just kind of on lockdown. So this has kind of been the norm. And then even to struggle to go back to church, it's been really, really tough. And I think um, now that he's a little bit older, he's two now. It's crazy to think about that. His like nap time is inconveniently placed at the same time when our church services and I know we rent a building and things like that so it's been really challenging for us to even swap out um overall it's been kind of a a hassle to physically be there but like live stream and stuff has 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 helped however there's something missing right it feels like you don't get to connect with everybody as as often as you'd like Sure. No, that totally makes sense. You got some big life life things going on on top of the pandemic. But Bajoy, how about yourself? How have your experience has been with this virtual church uh, reality? You know, 
I was telling someone the other day that I think that virtual church has tapped into my uh, introvertedness, um, which I didn't know was there, but now I'm actually like started to get used to being okay with virtual church, you know, like just kind of watching church on my own time, you know, like that kind of a thing. But um, it was a little bit of a hard transition at first because, you know, I missed being there and talking to people and hanging out. But then all of a sudden I got used to like not having to wake up to go drive to church or like I could just have it on and just like watch and participate. But what ended up happening was that it just became background for me. Hmm. Like I was not focused at all. I was like doing a hundred other things. Like I'd be walking around my apartment while it's playing. I would be like on Amazon. I'd be checking email. Like it just became not my focal point of that Sunday morning, but just something that was in the background, you know? And that was really hard because it was just like, I just got used to it not being the center of my Sunday, mm -hmm. but just kind of there, you know? And then even worship too. I mean, I love worship, but I don't like, I just did not, I couldn't like sit and sing here in the apartment or anything like that. I was like watching it as if I was watching like a YouTube video of, you know, like a performance or something like that, you know? So that was kind of hard too to like just sit and not like participate or finding it difficult to participate. Right. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's like, it's hard because to Jovan's point, like I got so used to the virtual church now um, going back into the physical church is like, just seems so much more work. You know, you know one of my favorite things is like when <laughs> virtually people are like, all right, now everybody stand up. I'm like, really? <laughs> I mean, am I really going to stand up when you tell me to? And I'm at my kitchen table eating cereal. Yeah. Um, well, if they ever said to give a round of applause, we could always use the emoji yes. to be signify we're doing that. You know, I was thinking about that, uh, Bajoy, when you said that it, it uh, sort of church growing up, you know, that's what Sunday revolved um, around. And in fact, I think, you know, back to our own experiences, especially for me growing up. I mean, if you were alive, you were in church on, you were in church on Sunday, right? Like there is just no excuse. Your parents would get you up in the morning, make sure that you're on time in the car at church, no matter what, uh, is going on. Um, and so when I, I feel like that sort of grew with me and even into my adulthood, but once we started getting into this pandemic mode, I feel like even my mentality has shifted a little bit where, hey, it might be okay to, you know, not go in this Sunday. I can always stream it live or catch up on it later. Maybe we can go do some errands or something else. So I feel my mentality even been shifting a, a little bit um, during this season too, which has been interesting. Um, and, I, you know, honestly, when we're having this conversation, I feel like all of us brought a couple negative aspects <laughs> up about this virtual church environment. But are there any positives that you guys have seen with having this virtual church going on? Yeah, I think so. I mean, just in my situation, because we had a, a newborn at the time, I mean, with the pandemic, I mean, I'll say that too. There was, there was a necessity to it, right? It was not like, like we snapped our fingers and let's just do virtual church. I think it's been around for a long time, but then because of the pandemic and and the fear and also just kind of the reality of this disease, it, it was a safer option, right? And I know that could be debated to like, hey, are you forcing churches to close? But there was a necessity to it. So I think that's kind of a positive thing to keep us from coughing on each other mm -hmm. <laughs> in a pew, right? And so I thought that was kind of a, 
uh, a good thing that came out of virtual church, but then also just, and I'm sure we're all going to say this, the convenience of it, um, especially for those who had to commute long distances. So I, I liked that aspect and I still like that kind of with what's going on in the world. It's crazy. Like when you think about what if this happened, this pandemic happened like, you know, 20 years ago or something, right? Uh, I mean, you know, obviously we had the internet and YouTube and all of those things, but it's like next level now, right? Like the streaming and all of that capabilities that we have. But if this was happening back then and everything just shut down, like where would, I don't know, like how would people, they wouldn't get the access that they would get now, right? Mm -hmm. So I think virtual church has done something in the sense that like it's made things more um accessible more than it has been in the past where i feel like at least now people have options of churches to be a part of if they want to and you know they can still connect and still you know get their feeding on sundays uh but man if this was a while ago like that I don't know what would have happened, you know? Like exactly. cue the conspiracy theorists who said that, that they probably wouldn't do this because it's all orchestrated, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, it's so funny. You know, I was thinking about that too, just toward the beginning of the pandemic, especially in a virtual environment. Um, I was involved with Design UIC out here, which is a ministry through crew to the South Asian community. We had to get a little bit uh, creative with our evangelism tactics. So we actually threw together this interfaith panel uh, online virtually via you know, Zoom. And we had this webinar between a Hindu priest, uh, a Muslim sheikh, and a pastor just talking about faith experiences with COVID. And it was just a, a, a new avenue to sort of have conversations with people that I otherwise wouldn't have uh, just because this pandemic came by. So sometimes I feel like churches and even individuals have got uh, creative with how we can redeem this, just like Bajoy was saying, the redemption of technology, right? We could use this to still gather um, where we wouldn't be able to before. Yeah, and it's like, you know, even like bringing people to church or inviting people, it's it's a lot less uh, intimidating, you know, when you can just be like, hey, come check out our church online, right? And you can send a link or or whatever it may be, as opposed to people who aren't comfortable in a church setting to actually come and participate, right? So, I mean, there is that too. Yeah, and I've seen people like stream their services on Facebook Live and stuff like that, which is like, you don't even have to send the link, right? You can just throw it on your, your feed and then people see it. And if you like it or whatever the algorithm does, bam, it's like right in front of your face. And I, I'm sure on Sunday, I'm, I'm not a big Facebooker, but like, I'm sure on Sunday, you'll probably see a bunch of feeds and live streams and things like that happening. Absolutely. I feel like that's been inundating my, my live streams just all across um, the board. Um, also, just on this topic, right? I, I think we sort of alluded to it, how it is maybe harder to uh, engage with the actual service going on. We feel a little bit more like a spectator, but has, I mean, as the pandemic has gone on, do you feel like that's gotten easier or, or harder for y'all to, to sort of engage with this virtual church service? Hmm, that's a tough one. Like, you know, I, I feel like me personally, I've had to only engage virtually at the beginning of all of this, but like one of the, the lifebloods for just me and my church life even when I was going physically, it has been small group. Like anybody who's ever talked to me knows, you know, how much I love small group. And I know a lot of my friends make fun of me for it too. Cause like, I'm always talking about it, 
but man, our small group and all three of us have been part of the same small group for a couple of years now. It's like, man, even when we did it virtually, it was still like the lifeblood, you know, apart from just the Sunday, because sometimes we don't get that interaction through like congregational worship. And I know we did some of ours with our smaller church through Zoom, and then it went to YouTube. But like on Zoom, I could see everybody's faces and I had to show up, right? Like you're on mm -hmm. Zoom. But um, man, small group really helped because then you can still interact, engage with the word, and then still see your, your friends and people you do life with. Yeah, I think a small group definitely um, shows you how it could work, right? right? Because whether you're in person or not, I mean, you know, thankfully we are meeting in person, but for us to have discussions and good studies all on Zoom, right? Even for us to be able to do this podcast, you know, it's, there's, there is that dynamic, but church is such a weird thing with virtually because you could literally just slip in and out. No one would even know if you're there or not. Like that engagement level is, is hard to do because of just, you know, obviously the, just the resources of being able to like put that together, but also the number of people that would, that would need to participate. Like I, I couldn't, there was an SNL sketch a long time ago where um, they were making fun of zoom church and they're like trying to get everybody to go on mute. It was like on Zoom and you got like, you know, someone yelling at their kids in the background. There's like all this stuff going on. And, <laughs> and my parents' church is the same thing initially before they completely stopped having anyone have any access to like Zoom when this was going on is people were just like unmuting and trying to sing. And then someone else is singing and they're chanting and everything was just things were not aligned well. You know? So, yeah. Sounds like a corporate meeting gone bad. Like that's how <laughs> most typical meetings are. It's just like, where's the mute button? But uh, no, you're right. I feel like it's, you know, now that it's become such a part of our lives, now we've got a little bit of this rhythm. But like, honestly, even when you say, hey, you could slip in and out of church. I know people who did that physically, right? You would never mm -hmm. get to know their story. They would always sit in the back. So is that like, the way that we do this, the people who just sit in the back of church and never talk to anyone and just leave immediately after service. That's the same people who never show up on camera and like just exit like five minutes before the benediction. Uh, it's, it's true. You know, honestly, though, you know, aside from just the people that normally would slip in and out of, of church, just like you were saying, Jobin, um, before I feel like that definitely has to be a more you know, growing group, if you will, right? Like, just thinking about it, I feel like it's easier for me to sort of slip in and slip out before um, and after with this virtual church environment versus, you know, previously. Um, but that kind of leads us to this question of, well, why exactly have people gone to church in the past or even for us, right? If it's becoming easier to sort of check in and check out, well, why exactly were we going to church to sort of begin with. Um, and I guess maybe I could kick this off. You know, I think a lot of my church life has revolved around things that I've done at church, right? Whether it's, you know, playing drums for, for worship team or uh, different functions of that, or maybe making announcements before or after helping, you know, like youth group or Sunday school or something of that nature. I feel like I always would show up consistently for a certain task that I had to do uh, on that day. But the more and more we we got ingrained into this virtual church reality, the less tasks I've had to do, which has made it significantly easier to say, well, I have nothing to do this Sunday. Might as well not attend, if you will. Um, so that's personally my one of my reasons that's come into my mind. But do you guys have anything to add to that? 
Yeah, I think it's helpful to kind of go back to like the definition of what church really is, right? Like if we're really talking about it, I was reading this article from uh, the Gospel Coalition and it's um, it says, is online church really the church? And it started talking about ecclesia and just kind of the term about what that really means. And um, I like the perspective because when you think about church, there's kind of two portions of it, right? There's the global church in the family that we're all part of, but then there also is um, the local church with kind of the structure and the, the format of it. And, and when we talk about like the term and, it, and I'm just reading from this article, it says Ecclesia is both the act of coming together to fellowship, to community and the group that comes together, the actual fellowship and the community. So I think it's like to be a part of that, to be a part of a family that's really why I, I go to church. And obviously we can get into the gospel implications to get real deep, but like, man, because of what Jesus has done for me, like now it made it more real to be a part of that. And why would I not want to be a part of my family? Right? Like if I really looked at church as my family, virtual church, some kind of, it, it kind of like, I don't know, it doesn't feel like family sometimes. And it just kind of feels like almost an act that we have to do check off the box on Sunday. Hmm. Yeah, I think this goes back to just kind of our earlier um, from our first podcast when we were talking about the importance of community. And I think what this is what the pandemic has done is it's really challenged um, all of us in the sense of what is community and what does that look like, right? In the, in a virtual world, you know. And and I think that I remember when uh, churches were first starting to come onto Zoom. And you first, the first couple Sundays, right, you start to see all these faces and you're like, oh, this is so cool. And I'm like scanning, you know, just to like see who's on and you see everyone in their families and, you know, also sitting in the living room. And then as the months went on, it was like half of them started to block their video, like turn off their video, you know, and then the next thing you know, no one's on video and <laughs> it's just like whoever's leading it. Um, and then they left the Zoom thing, obviously, and then went to youtube right where now you have no idea it's just the number of like visitors which you know the views were high initially and then every sunday you just watch that kind of drop a little bit as well but you have no idea who's watching now at this point at least before you had some kind of a a name or a face to it but people could get lost in the shop or people were weren't going to church and you didn't really know that until you ha you happen to have a conversation with them later on. And they're like, mm -hmm. oh, wait, you haven't been attending church in like the last two months or you've been going somewhere else or, you know, so there's definitely a, a loss of community mm -hmm. that that happens there, you know. Also, kind of, Jobin, going back to something you said where the church is, it's the vision is sort of this family, right? Like, why wouldn't I want to be with my family? I, you know, I, personally, after you just kind of enjoy, you know, you alluded to this too. Sometimes we don't even know what's going on with this family that we're supposed to be part of until you have conversations months later. I think one of the most frustrating things for me during this pandemic is, man, I had a lot of things going on in my life, especially when it came to um, health struggles with my parents. So I used to go to church every single week and have these sort of conversations with people, whether it's the pastors or elders or people that I served with, et cetera. And then the pandemic hits and you don't really see people reaching out. And this facade of family sort of dropped for me in the beginning of the pandemic where 
you know, you start to realize, hey, I thought we were closer than this. At the same time, like, we don't have this connection anymore because the only reason we were connected is we showed up to the same place at the same time every single Sunday. Now that that's gone, we're really not as close as I thought we would be. And I wonder sometimes, hey, does that have something to do with this lack of attendance when people start realizing, hey, maybe I'm not as close to this church community as I thought, or maybe those people aren't as close to me, or maybe this doesn't feel like family because now that we don't have this gathering, I don't feel at home. I don't know if you guys have experienced that or have seen that in conversations that you've had with different church people during this pandemic. I, I totally have had those kinds of conversations with people, you know, and I think that's why the importance of small group in times like this, because that is really going to be, you know, your your community that you're doing life with right that's like the extension of that church but i think about so many people that are not plugged into small groups or don't have community groups or anything like that it is very easy to just feel like you're man no one's checking in like i thought we were a church community like no one knows if i'm there no one's checked in to see how i'm doing you know and it's hard when you have you're right just when like when you're physically there right you people are in your in your viewpoint. And so it's easy to just walk up like, Hey, how are you doing? Or, or, Hey, I didn't see you. Uh, I haven't seen you the last couple of weeks and I'm used to seeing you regularly. Right. But virtual kind of takes a lot of that away because you don't have people in your viewpoint. You really have to like intentional. Like I think it, in, it, it challenges us to be even more intentional. Hmm. But you know, maybe just to push back on it too, because First of all, I think a lot of the brokenness in relationships isn't maybe attributed to people just to have a lack of empathy or they care about you. I mean, this pandemic hit everybody really, really difficult. And, and it's like now churches, churches and leaders are scrambling to figure it out on top of trying to keep relationships where we could all be in the same building, but now you all live an hour away. Like, how am I supposed to do that? Right. And so I think not to negate that that did impact people's relationships, but I think there was a challenge. And th th that kind of goes back to me and like maybe even the gospel, right? Like we were such sinners, but Christ came to us. He didn't wait for us to come to, you know, you know what I mean? So like as a member of a church, whether it's virtual or online, what can I do to serve my fellow believers and even leaders, right? I have a horrible, I hate phone calls. I can't call people all the time and be like, Hey, how you doing? Like, I'm just not wired that way. And it's a horrible trait. However, but like, can I sacrifice a little bit of my time and effort to still be involved, even if it's virtual, no matter what the format is, because it's not about the format. It's about the body. Right. And I feel like that sometimes gets lost in the, in this kind of conversation because we want the circumstances to kind of support us right in our convenience no absolutely and i like that you even hit on the fact that hey maybe you know just like jesus did right he didn't wait for us to make the first step he made the first step toward us it's actually something that bejoy actually challenged me on when i was going through that season he, he sort of was like well how many people have you reached out to during this Ooh. pandemic and i'm like that's absolutely Correct. This is also why you guys need community. You need people to rebuke you too in the middle of this. And when I started doing that, I think I took that as a challenge. So I was just like, hey, I'm going to text everyone on my phone just to see how they're doing. And you start realizing, oh, I never realized you were going through like a health struggle. I didn't realize, you know, your relationship is has been ended. I didn't realize that X, Y, or Z has happened. And just like 
uh, Jobin said too, hey, it's not on just the leaders to reach out to every single individual. It's on us to sort of be the body to the body as well. And that's really, I feel like getting to the heart of the purpose of the church. Yeah, I think, you know, Jobin, that's a good clarification because I think ultimately, you know, it is these circumstances like are we're new for everybody, right? So it's not, I don't think the point was that it's it falls on the leadership to do that. I think the idea is that this idea, this whole thing of community completely changed, right? The way that it looks. And it's not just leadership, like they they don't know what to do with it, right? They're, they're figuring it out just, I mean, think about the sheer number of people in a church and trying to reach out to every single person is tough, right? But yeah, to your point, there is this thing about what does community look like now in the context of like, there is a need to be more intentional, but I do think that it's a shared responsibility, right? Like we all have to be doing that and, and checking in on people and trying to maintain that community. But yeah, it's, it, it definitely changed overall. I think it just changed the way that that looked, but I, I like what you said that, I mean, ultimately it's not about the platform, right. Or the circumstance, like, what does community look like regardless of if it's virtual or if it's in person, you know? Cause I think the default answer, cause whenever I hear this question, cause we've been living in this pandemic for a while, the default answer is like virtual church will never work. Well, I mean, a lot of people would say, Hey, bring your physical Bible. Don't bring a phone, but guess what? Now everybody's bringing their phone. Right. And so I feel like there's some, there is some value to it. I'm not going to be this proponent of, Hey, let's move everything to virtual reality and let's get Oculus and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, I was reading in this article. Have you heard about the Robloxian Christians? No. It's, it's an online community of like 20,000 people. And I guess they started this in 2011, but it's literally like based out of a game where these people started a church and it's virtual. It's literally, they have avatars and they meet together. I've even heard that they do like virtual baptisms because it's all symbolic anyway. So it challenges the idea that like, okay, what is community really? What if I was really intentional? But then I started to think about the, what's about, what about the people who are physically unable to even leave their house mm -hmm. to go to church? Are they all excluded from this genuine community? Like, do we need to start thinking out of the box now in the metaverse or whatever is coming down the pipeline? Like, are there ways that we could still be engaged virtually and not dismiss it? completely with the right intentions, with the right fellowship and the family aspect, you know, I don't know where to go with that, but it's just like, no, man, it's just <laughs> like, I, I get the idea of like someone who doesn't have access to a church or physically cannot be there in person, then virtual church and all of these things make a lot of sense, right? Like that we could reach the world through just technology and all this stuff. But I think what trips me up, which I have a hard time seeing this come into fruition, is this idea of like, you know, this meta, meta universe of church, right? Where we're all showing up as just avatars worshiping together and your worship team is an avatar and your preacher's an avatar and you can you can design how you look, right? So now like everybody can present themselves even more to the best that they want to be, right? Right. And there's no like, I don't know. I, I just, I just don't feel like it's, it could work. Probably going to get yelled at for wearing jeans to church. <laughs> yeah. Go, go change your avatar clothes right now. 
in the middle of in the middle of worship <laughs> you wore that to church what are you talking about yeah uh, it's too funny but you know to that point too you know i, I i'm kind of uh, out here where I, I don't exactly know where this is going to go, but I feel like it's almost inevitable that this will happen. Uh, in fact, if you guys do want to check out a metaverse church, um, I know that Life Church with uh, Pastor Greg Groeschel, I saw an article on this, had the first metaverse service occur, I think a week or two ago. So you could definitely toss on some Oculuses and, and get over there if you don't have anywhere else to go. Um, but, you know, for me, I was also thinking through, you know, what exactly does the the bible even have to say about this and there's some aspects there too that i don't know if it can be done virtually for example you know if we believe that in christ god has given us spiritual gifts and things that we can exercise to build up the body of believers you know my question is can that really be done uh, well virtually right whether it's like the gift of hospitality welcoming whether it is uh, a gift of teaching you know how will we discover those gifts and see those things um in just this sort of virtual environment i don't know but it is possible that technology can help with this and i do feel like uh, a permanent virtual church is almost an inevitability at this point, but Jovan, do you have any rebuttals to that potentially? I mean, the way you're kind of talking about it, even just like communicating, right? Like, are we communicating the word? Are we in fellowship with one another and communion and breaking bread and all this kind of stuff? Like we're doing it virtually. And, and my mind kind of goes back to the pandemic, right? Like what if with Omicron or Omicron or whatever new variant is coming, it's like, okay, now it's worse and we have to be on lockdown again. Does that mean the church dies? I don't think so, right? Like the gates of hell will not prevail this. So like no matter what the circumstance is, I feel like the church itself and what it was meant to be can still flourish if we have the right intentions and like kind of the, the manual on what God has called us to do. And I, and I feel like, you know, when I was reading some of these articles as well, it kind of talked about, hey, you know, the proponents of physical church have kept continue to talk about assembly and gathering. Well, there was no internet back then in church, so there was no way to virtually gather anyway. So that was their assembly. But now our assembly can look a little bit different given the resources, like you mentioned, that we have now. So I feel like we can continue to engage with each other, but it really has to be like spirit-led. I mean, I feel like that has to kind of be there because if I was just trying to fit church and the definition with my resources that's just some kind of math equation that just is doomed to fail but if it's really like what does christ want for our community how do i love my brother well how can i serve my community well whatever avenue is available to me i i believe christ will open those doors for us to use that to flourish the church yeah i don't know I, I'm struggling with that one because it's like I I think we have to separate out the church versus everything else, right? If we talk about hospitality and those kinds of giftings, that could still happen, right? Like people are still going over to each other's houses. You can still have someone come by, right? I think we're talking about like the at least I was thinking we're talking about the physical being in a church, right? Like on a Sunday morning, right? Not you know small groups during the week or hangouts or having dinner with people, you know, but you know, even just being in church and having like listening to people's voices together singing, right. Or like, what does that look like in a, in a meta world, you know? And 
I just, I just have a hard time thinking that that is going to further community, like at least in the context of, of, of church, you know? Yeah. You know, one of the things, uh, Bejoy to that point that has been happening and I, I actually see it as a good thing is these sort of house churches that are forming where you actually do watch that Sunday service, you know, it's still just a, a message on a screen or you have, you know, a, a worship band that goes up and plays, but you actually have a little bit of a smaller community gathered together to engage with this virtual service from wherever. And, you know, personally, I do see that as potentially like a, a viable model because um, I think one of the hardest things when it comes to even thinking about, hey, can we make a full-time virtual church happen is how well can I love someone that I've only seen on a screen? I was thinking back to my um, my coworker, right? I've been working virtually and I got a new job during this pandemic. And this coworker used to have uh, their, their camera kind of pointed down at them. So, you know, I always thought, you know, this, this individual was maybe five, six, five, seven uh, at best, but randomly we decided as a company is do an outdoor picnic together and he shows up and he's like six, four. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I've seen you on a screen for more than a year without realizing like who you actually were. Right. And I'm thinking about those instances and especially when you think about like the first generation church, they were willing to give up their possessions to make sure that those that left their families for faith were still provided for. How well can I love an individual on a screen? I honestly, I don't know. I don't know if I'd ever get to the point where I'm called to love like my family like that without seeing them in sort of in person and really knowing, right? Like to be known and to know one another. I don't know how much that's possible. I feel like your, your coworker catfished you completely. <laughs> <laughs> like, who are you? That's not what your dating profile says. It's like, <laughs> it's four. Um, no, I mean, that's like, that's a good point. It's, it's hard to fun. love someone virtually, but like, man, I, you know, a really cool moment that happened actually just a couple months ago was my grandma lives in India and I, I met my grandma several times but it's obviously not the frequency which would I would love it. And so she saw my son for the first time on FaceTime. Um, I'm sure she saw pictures and stuff, but like the moment they saw each other, there's no doubt in my mind that she loves that kid. He had no idea who she was, but <laughs> you know, it was like that, oh man, you're just on the screen. How can I love you if I've never seen you before. And I feel like there is a heart motive behind how we love each other, right? Really influenced by the Holy Spirit. And I don't know, man. It's like, I don't want to say never with this virtual church. And I would love to hear from the listeners to be like, hey, do you think virtual church can actually work? Um, but it, is it possible? Man, I feel like, you know, even in Paul and all these letters that they're writing, right? They probably don't see each other as often. It's literally through just letters. How do we love one another well without even physically being there, man? It's it's coming, dude. It's coming. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not, I don't deny that there's probably going to be some level of that hitting, right? It's just the question of what is that going to look like and and what does that do for community? And, and yeah, I mean, who, who knows, right? Like for all we know, it could work really well or man, people are just gonna like 
there's going to be a loss of community. I don't know. But all I know is order your uh, communion on Amazon for, <laughs> for, for next Sunday. Order it early so you can take it with everybody. <laughs> At least order it on Friday so it gets so there on time, in right? preparation for virtual church. Uh, Amazon church Prime. Your your Prime membership. <laughs> oh, man. Joby, actually, that's such a good analogy. I never thought about that where even Paul in his letters would say, hey, I love this community for how well you love this other community that you've never met. And I'm thinking too about how we're called to love our brothers and sisters all around the world like this and how virtual church might actually be helpful for, let's just say a missionary that's in the middle of nowhere that doesn't have community. They're trying to spread the gospel and create a community, but what a way to virtually engage and have them plugged into a community of believers like this um you know honestly there's only one way to sort of wrap this up and it's really just for each of us to answer do we actually think this is a viable model i'm personally uh, thinking you know the verdict is out there i can't see it in its current form but it's potential yeah i mean what i like about our podcast already is that we've already changed our mind like 20 times like i'm like <laughs> i'm like not <laughs> i thought i was convinced and then you know I'm like oh maybe then which opens up this thing of like we, we just don't know but i think i'm on the on on par with jesswin here where i just i i can see it going to having its purposes for you know very specific purposes i just have a hard time seeing um this really take off you know and and i i just feel like there's gonna it's not going to be easy, um, whatever this is going to look like. And really, honestly, like having avatars of us sitting in churches. <laughs> that just... on you guys, this has been an avatar the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Virtually changed my shirt right now. Yeah. Can you shave right now real quick to change right. your avatar? <laughs> but yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know how viable it's going to be, like at least in the context of church community and all of that. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree in a sense, like, I don't think it'll be as vibrant at first, but man, the more I think about it, it's like, I feel like it's coming and it's not going to work really well. It's going to be muddy, but it, it might be a part of our lives, but it's, I think viable is such an interesting word, right? Is it viable? Is it going to be an effective church? Maybe not as effective as our physical presence with each other. But man, it really comes down to us as people if we're really following the direction of what God designed the church to be. And if I almost feel like, and I haven't done all the research into the metaverse or what virtual reality you know, can look like and can provide, but man, if we're a spirit-filled uh, believer who loves one another intentionally the way God designed us and are sacrificial, who cares what the environment would be we can still do that because you can get lost in physical church but you could also get lost in virtual church and so i feel like the common denominator there is us and like how has god worked in my heart to love one another no matter what the environment is so like i i'm almost like trying to change my mind that virtual church can't work I, i'm kind of curious because everything has evolved so quickly over this past year and a half I can't say never with with even church. No, that is absolutely a great point. And I think, Jobin, you hit it on the head, right? Whether it's in person or whether it's virtually, the point of this all is to be a family and love one another 
well, just like Christ loved us. So um, if you are listening and are out there and are not plugged into community, we would highly encourage you to go find a community like that. But we also want to hear what are your thoughts on this? This is definitely a topic uh, that will be highly debated for who knows how long. But uh, if you would like, go to restoringourcity.org and there you'll see information on past episodes that you can listen to, but also you can jump in uh, to and ask us anything, anything about this episode or anything that you want to hear. Click that link. We would love to engage with you, but you can also find Restoring Our City on YouTube, Spotify, or wherever you get uh, your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts. So go ahead, subscribe, and find us on all those platforms. We can't wait to engage with you. Jobin, Bajoy, it's been a pleasure, and I'm curious to see what we talk about next. I'll virtually see you guys later. (laughs) (laughs) Virtual high fives, everybody. All right, y'all. Have a good one. Yeah.